Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. I'm very happy to have you here today. Today, I'm going to teach you about the three most powerful prayers you can possibly pray as a Christian. We're going to cover these three prayers throughout the week, so make sure you join me today, you join me tomorrow, you join me Wednesday, and you join me Thursday. Someone type in the chat with me today. Type this. There is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. But you have to know what prayers to pray. You have to know how to pray. You have to know you have to have revelation on what it is that you're praying. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge, a lack of revelation knowledge. If you don't understand what you're praying or how the Bible instructs you to pray, how do you expect for it to carry any power? How can you expect for it to carry any weight? You can't. You have to know how to pray and what to pray. So that's what I'm going to teach you this week. I'm going to teach you the three most powerful prayers you can possibly pray here on this green earth. And as you're joining me today, make sure you stick to the very end. You don't want to miss any of this. It'll be a life-changing broadcast for you. And uh, give this a thumbs up. If you're watching on Facebook, do me a favor. Share this on your timeline. Share it with people that need to hear about the power of prayer. If you're watching on YouTube, share it with your friends, share it with your family. We all have that one like crazy spiritual aunt that blows shofars and waves flags and she's been praying in tongues since before she came out the womb. Send it to her. She'll love this broadcast. And join me in your Bibles as go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And let me say good morning to Amber, Karina, Cindy, Simon. Amelia, Kyle, good to see you. Welcome. I don't know if Arvin's on today, but I'm sure he'll jump on in a moment. He's faithful. Keep hitting like, keep hitting share. Share this with someone that'll share this with someone that'll share this with somebody. Today's revelation is going to be huge. You know what my favorite thing is about jumping on these live streams? Is I get to teach you what 99% of churches and pastors do not teach anymore. Now, it's not a good thing that churches aren't teaching these things, but it's just the reality, especially in the American church. It's become so Americanized where you go, you show up, you sing a couple hymns, couple hers, and then you bounce. You hear some weak 15, 20-minute sermon about how to arrange <laughs> your life or something just like pointless. You know, it doesn't carry any weight in the spirit. Where they'll just give you a good three-point sermon about nonsense. And I mean, how many of you can attest to that? If you're watching that right now, put a hand emoji in the comments. If you've been to a church where it's just felt dry. Where you know that you've gone and, and you realize you walk out no different than the way that you came. If that's you, I want you to put a hand emoji in the comments. Because I know I'm not the only one. I got born again only six years ago. And when I got born again, it was not in some dead, dry church. I got born again listening to somebody that had an intimate relationship with God. Had an on-fire relationship with God. They were somebody that loved the Lord. They loved His Word. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. They had faith. They were different. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ... You cannot stay the same. You cannot stay the same. When you encounter revelation knowledge, 
You cannot stay the same. When you have an encounter with the Holy Ghost and fire, you cannot stay the same. It is impossible to encounter the one true God and stay the same. Someone type in the chat, I will not stay the same. After today's message, you're not going to be the same. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. I'm going to read quite a bit because we're going to break this down today. This is going to bless you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. I want you to write that down, highlight it in your Bible. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. With what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So you've been blessed. You're not going to be blessed. You've been blessed where? It's important when somebody gives you something where they give it to you. Well, the Bible says here you've been blessed in a prepositional phrase. A prepositional phrase is where you're at. What you're doing. Where where are you? Are you in the house? Are you in the street? Are you in your car? Are you through the building? Where are you? This prepositional phrase says it's in Christ. Where does our blessing abide? It's in Christ. So the Bible says God has blessed us, past tense, in Christ. When you are in Christ, you are blessed. When you are in your house, you are safe from rain, from mosquitoes, from hail. You have air conditioning. I live in Louisiana. If you do not live in a house with air conditioning, your life is in danger. So you have to know because it is so hot down here. You have to know where is the blessing? The blessing is in Christ. Where are you? Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 21, that it says, if any man be in Christ, in verse 17, he is a new creature. So if you are in Christ, if you're born again, if you've put off the old man and you've put on Christ, you've walked away from your old life, you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, as your Lord and as your Savior, you've believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You have become in Christ. You've been in Christ. The Bible says you've been grafted into the vine. Someone type in the chat, I am in Christ. If someone calls you and says, where are you? You say, I'm in Christ. If they say, where'd you get that? Oh, I got it in Christ. I noticed you got a new house. Where'd you get it? I, oh, in Christ. I noticed you got a new car. What happened? Oh, I'm in Christ. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But check this out. It says, in the heavenly places. So you have to know, what are the spiritual blessings? Where are they? And how do I get them? Number one, you must know who you are in Christ. God bless you in Missouri. The two revelations that will change everything about where you're at, spiritually, mentally, physically, etc. Number one, who you are in Christ. You must know your identification in Christ. Number two, what you have in Christ. So when someone asks you, where are you? I'm in Christ. What do you have? This is what I have. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just like Jesus told the disciples to pray. They said, show us how to pray. He said, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he said this, thy kingdom come on earth 
as it is in heaven. Meaning, everything that's in heaven, prosperity, health, blessing, soundness of mind, peace, joy unspeakable and full of glory, the peace that surpasses knowledge, everything that you know when you, the Bible says you will enter into heaven and he'll say, enter now into the joy of the Lord. What's in heaven is in you in the spiritual places. Those spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places are in you in Christ. Your identification in Christ, you've inherited every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Somebody type in the chat, I'm blessed with spiritual blessings. Here's the thing about spiritual blessings. They manifest in the natural. They don't stay in the spirit realm. Faith brings what's in the spirit into the natural realm. Romans 5.17, the God that raises the dead and speaks those things which be not as though they were. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Your faith takes those spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places in Christ and brings them into your life. It says, he took your poverty that you might become rich. He took your sickness that you might become healed. He took the curse of the law so that you could be the blessed of Abraham, blessed to be a blessing, considering the rock from which you've been hewn, that although Abraham was one man when God called him, he made him a mighty nation. Your faith pulls that into your reality because it's already the reality in the spirit realm, but you must get it into this realm. So I'm going to show you how to do that today. Make sure you hit thumbs up on this video, share it with somebody. Jeepers, we're only two verses in. I got to I got to quicken up here, huh? We're just unpacking this amazing revelation. So you must know who you are in Christ. And we're going to skip down right now to verse 15 and cover this first prayer. Hello, June. God bless you, June. God bless you, Cindy and Sandy, Christina. God bless you, everybody. If you're watching on Facebook, please share this on your timeline so that other people can be blessed by this message. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also share it on your Facebook timeline or uh, share it on Instagram and tag me in it. My Instagram handle is right here, at Taylor.Michael. Verse 15, Ephesians 1, verse 15. Listen to this. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayer. So this is Paul praying. Remember, Paul had such deep and profound revelation knowledge that he said, Satan has even sent a messenger to buffet me because of my revelation knowledge. Satan was so terrified of the revelation knowledge that Paul carried, he sent specific messengers to buffet him so that he could not accomplish certain things. Now, he always broke through. He said, God delivered me from it all. But imagine carrying such revelation knowledge that the devil has to spend, send out like special ops demons. And they're all equally weak. But he has to send special messengers, special principalities, special devils to hold you back because of what you carry on the inside of you. That's your reality when you get this revelation today. Because this is the exact revelation that Paul's talking about. Verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is his prayer. If you pray this every day, a great man of God once said, if you pray this every day for the next six months and you don't miss a day, the way you read the Bible will be different. 
The way you live will be different. The way you walk will be different. Everything about your spiritual life will be different. You will carry a different weight in the spirit if you read these prayers every day and you pray them. So I want you to pay attention here. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. What's the first thing you need to ask God for every day when you wake up? Father, give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. When you pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, this is what happens. Having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling. So I want you to get this. When you ask the Father for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, he opens the eyes of your understanding. Remember, throughout Jesus' ministry, time and time again, he said, those with ears, let them hear. Those with eyes, let them see. Every day you should wake up and say, Father, grant unto me today the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Meaning, reveal to me who I am in Christ. Reveal to me who I am to you. Reveal to me what I have in you. Reveal to me your covenant. Reveal to me what your word says about what you've done in my life and how you've lifted me up together with Christ, seated me in heavenly places, far above every power, principality, might, and dominion. Show me who I am. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Talking about your spirit man. Your spirit man. Another prayer in Ephesians 3, which we'll cover tomorrow, says, strengthen me in my inner man by your spirit. Someone type in the chat, I have an inner man. Your body is not you. Your mind is not you. Your intellect is not you. You are a spirit made in the image and likeness of God, you have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. This is not you. You have an inner man. You are an inner man. So it says, open the eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my heart, the eyes of my inner man, so that my spirit man would read your word and it would be illuminated to me. The Bible says the entrance of thy word bringeth light, giveth light. Jesus said, be the light of the world. The way you are the light of the world is the entrance of God's word, the revelation knowledge of God's covenant that you have with him, who you are. You know, the first sermon that Jesus preached, he opened up, the Bible says he opened up to the scroll of Isaiah and he found where it is written. And he quoted Luke chapter four, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the, the blind eyes, to bring liberty to the captives, captives and freedom to those that are oppressed and to proclaim or preach the year of the Lord's favor. And then he took the scroll and he gave it back to them. Jesus opened the word. Even Jesus had to find himself in God's word. You must find yourself in God's word. Jesus found where it was written, the prophecy of him. And basically, when he opened that scroll, he was saying, I am the Messiah. I am the Son of Man, which was prophesied. So you must open the word and find out who you are in God's word. Find out who he created you to be. 
Find out what he says about you. You must find out what God says about you. All right, let's keep reading. So it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know these three things. I want you to write these down. Number one, these are the three things you will know when the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. Number one, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The ESV translation says, the hope to which he has called you. When God opens your eyes, the first thing he'll reveal to you is your calling. The first thing he'll reveal to you is who you're called to, where you're called to, your assignment in the earth, your place, your church. Where are you called? What are you called to do on the earth? Number one, the hope to which you've been called. Number two, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? The second thing God will reveal to you is the glorious inheritance he's deposited in you. What has he put in you? The apostle Peter wrote, all things pertaining to life and godliness have already been given. He will open your eyes to reveal to you what is in you. You've been born of imperishable seed. The life of God is in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in you. He will open your eyes and show you the great and mighty inheritance he has put and deposited in you. Number three, verse 19. What is the immeasurable greatness? Someone type in the chat, immeasurable greatness. Immeasurable, cannot be measured. So big, so mighty, so over, so above, so beyond everything you could ever think or imagine. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his might or his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Number one, your calling. What is the hope of his calling that he has on your life? Number two, the riches of the glorious inheritance he's deposited in you. Number three, the immeasurable greatness of his power that he's working toward and through you. This is huge. What I'm revealing to you today is completely life-changing. If you will meditate on it, you'll speak it, you'll act on it, you'll press into this, you'll deep dive into what I'm teaching you this week, you are guaranteed to never be the same. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Someone type in the chat, I believe. According to the working of his great might, great might that he worked in Christ. I want to read this to you in the amplified version. Let me, I like the amplified version. Ephesians 1, verse 20 in the amplified. Let's see if it's any different. Verse 19, Ephesians 1, 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 
I want you to underline that in your Bible. Where did God seat him? He sat Jesus in his, at his right hand. The right hand is symbolism for power and authority. Which in the book of Philippians, it says he's given Jesus all authority and all power above the earth, on the earth, and below the earth. That at the mention of that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Verse 21. Far above, this is you. Remember, it says he's raised us up together with Christ and seated us in heavenly places. So this is you. This is your reality. If you're in Christ, you've been raised up together with him. You have joint seating with him, the Bible says in the book of Romans. Joint seating. We are heirs according to the promise. Joint seating with Christ in heavenly places. And this is what God did when he raised us up together with him. Verse 21. He seated us far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world that are to come. And he has put all things under his feet. Someone type in the chat, God's put all things under my feet. You're seated with Christ. Every devil's under your feet. Every principality is under your feet. Every might, every dominion, every title, every government, every wicked plan from the gate of hell, everything that could hold you back and buffer you from every promise God has for you is under your feet. You never have to be afraid of the devil. You never have to think about him. He's under your feet. If he tries to pop up, you kick him right back down and you say, you stay down there, you dirty devil. If God's put him under your feet, you don't have to struggle to fight him. The devil should consume very little mental energy from you. Very little. Think about like a, a four-year-old that you're trying to fight. Even, like even less than that. An infant. That would be like an infant trying to like punch up at you. Imagine that. Imagine your two-year-old niece is trying to like take you out. You would laugh. And, Aww. She's so cute. Whack. <laughs> no, don't kick your knees. But this is what you have to think about with the devil. If the devil tries to, he's so weak, he's so emaciated, he's so defeated, he's so beaten, it, it should take very little energy for you to say, ah, oh. the Bible even says you don't have to fight him. We are in spiritual warfare, but the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist sickness, it will flee from you. Resist poverty, it will flee from you. Resist sin, it will flee from you. Resist every demon, every demonic power, every entity. If you'll resist the devil, he will flee from you. Let him know he can't mess with you. Someone type in the chat, the devil cannot mess with me. Get your spiritual cojones back. That's Spanish for balls. Now, obviously, if you're a woman, pick up the metaphor, but I like how my pastor says it, spiritual testosterone, where you have to rise up and be, be strong. Don't lay down. Don't let the devil just take you out. Don't let the devil just plan against your life, against your marriage, against your family, against your kids. Resist him. Kick him in the teeth every opportunity that you get. And when he tries to come against your family, hit him twice as hard. The devil cannot mess with you. It is illegal in the spirit realm if you do not give him a foothold. 
If you live how the Bible says, you do what the Bible says, you stay full of faith in the Holy Ghost, it is impossible for the devil to conquer you. He is a defeated foe. The devil is defeated. So you've been seated far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is named. And he's put all things under your feet and appointed Jesus as the head, the universal and supreme head of the church. And it says this in brackets, a headship exercised throughout the church. How do you know Jesus is on the throne? How do you know he's above every rule and authority and power and dominion? Because his power is in operation in the church. The church is his body. It says here, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. The way Jesus fills the earth is by the power of the Holy Ghost in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been given power. You've been given authority. You've been given a name that's above every name. That at the mention of that name, everything will bow. Someone type in the chat, ha, ha, ha on the devil. He's a loser. He's defeated. Amen. So every day, I want you to wake up and pray this prayer. The Ephesians 1 prayer. Starting in verse 14 or 15, I believe. Starting in verse 14, I think. Verse 15 to the end of the chapter. Verse through verse 23. Pray that every day. And I guarantee your life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you got something powerful from this message this morning, put a hand clap emoji in the comments. I'd like to see those of you that got blessed this morning and learned something. And after you've put a hand clap emoji in the comments, I want you to type one thing that you learned from today's message in the comments. Let's see what people got today. I'd like to hear what you learned. Your life will never be the same after today. This message will change everything about your life, your financial situation, your family situation, everything. You'll never, ever be the same in Jesus' name. And as you're typing out what you learned, I want to give you an opportunity to partner with us today. As you know, we're currently feeding 2,000 kids each and every single month in third world nations through an organization called Feed the Hungry. This is a handwritten letter by them thanking us for our giving. We've given over, I think, 30,000 meals now to kids that cannot feed themselves. And I remember only two and a half years ago, we started by feeding 30 kids. Oh, look at all the, all the great revelation people are getting in the comments. This is great. So I want to encourage you to partner with what God's doing here. I have a vision. We just hit our 95th person in our Kingdom Accelerator program. We got 95 people that are being raised up to preach the gospel. We've reached over 2.2 billion views on social media worldwide. We're leading tons of people to Christ each and every single day through social media and in-person evangelism. My vision is to see 200 million souls saved for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe you can help me to do that. We also have about a dozen other ministries that we partner with on a regular basis financially. And we've given over 135,000. Hear this number again. We've given over $135,000 to other ministries around the world already this year 
And I believe we're just getting started. So I want to encourage you, if you've been moved on by the Holy Spirit today, ask the Lord what he would have you give and partner with what God's doing here. You can help us to reach this generation with the gospel. And I know that each and every single one of you that watch this channel, you are, uh, you're all extremely generous and I'm very thankful for your generosity. So I want to give you an opportunity to sow today. And as you give, the different ways to give are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign Revival Way. You can also give through Venmo at Revival Way. You can give through PayPal at Revival Way. Or you can give on our website, RevivalWay.com, and you can click Partner Financially Today. And uh, there's a link in the chat for you right now. You can click that link. It'll take you right to our giving opportunity. If you're not already a monthly partner with us, I strongly encourage you, become a monthly partner. Even if it's $50 a month, $100 a month. Here's the thing. Most people spend more money on Taco Bell every month than they do on the kingdom of God. But I believe that won't be you. I believe the Lord will lead you to sow into what God's doing. You can also give through Super Chat on YouTube. And as you're giving, I'm going to give some shout outs. I like to shout out people that give to this ministry because we're very thankful for your generosity. And the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. So Ryan Ganey, thank you for your generosity. Nali Bala, I think is how you pronounce your name. Thank you for your generosity. Mikkel Dorsey, thank you. LNV, thank you for your giving. David Scarborough, thank you for your giving. Becky Segby, and there's tons more on Cash App. Let me check PayPal. Tanya's always a very generous giver. My friend John. <laughs> Alana said, I'd rather give to the poor, the widows, and the orphan. What do you think we're doing, Alana? I know you you probably think you're like really smart, but I just told you we feed 2,000 kids every month. So unless you're feeding 2,000 kids every month, go for it. But <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing is giving to the poor and the widows and the orphans. But... um. I'm sure you're a very nice person. You're just not all the way there. Daniel Falch, thank you for your giving. Jorge, thank you for your giving. Joe Price, thank you for your giving. Lalane, thank you for your giving. And I know there's tons of other people that are giving on a Venmo and everything. And on the website, we honor you. We thank you for your generosity. You're amazing. Like I said, what, what a testimony of God's faithfulness. Last year, we were able to give $12,000 to other ministries and uh, other people worldwide that are doing the work of God. This year already, we've given $135,000 to other ministries. It's just amazing. And I can't wait for the day. It won't be long. I'm going to write a $100,000 check. And I'll probably, I'll probably show you on the live stream when we do it because it's going to be a testimony of what God's done in this ministry. And what God does with me, God will do with you. He's no respecter of persons. So the same way God, if you have a heart to be generous, the same way God's used me to be generous, God will use you because you're connected to this ministry. So I'll give you one more moment here to sow into what God's doing. And then I'm going to pray for you. Whatever you're believing for financially, I'm going to pray that God makes it happen for you in the next seven days or less. In Jesus' name. All right, let's pray. Hold up your device. If you're giving through a phone or a laptop or a, I don't know, desktop computer, if you're giving and you're watching on your television at home, lift up your entire television above your head. And we're going to pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, 
every single person that gives to this ministry today. I join my faith with them now. I pray that you would increase them and multiply them abundantly. According to your word, you said, if two touch and agree on anything on this earth, it shall be done for them according to their faith. So according to our faith, let it be done now. I agree with them in the spirit for a hundredfold return. Angels and ministering spirits, go cause the word to work and cause every harvest to come now. And Satan, take your hands off of every harvest now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We love you. Thank you for your generosity. I bless you. Make sure you share this with somebody. And don't forget to join me tomorrow for another session. We're going to cover the second prayer out of the three most important prayers you could possibly pray. And uh, we love you and we bless you. And I will see you tomorrow morning at 1130 a.m. sharp. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Adios. Adios.